straight out of context. For God so loved the world. I can do all things through Christ. Behold, I stand at the door and I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God's not wishing for any to perish, for by his wounds you were healed. I pray that you may all prosper and be in good But there is no vision, the people perish. Ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it shall be opened to you. Judge not that you be not judged. Train up a child in the way he should go and an eye for an eye. Repent and be baptized. We're just lifting up the name. Jesus. You ask me anything in my name. If my people who are called by my name. You know, you've heard these verses. Do you know what they mean? Straight out of context. We're starting right now. Your weekly hermeneutical podcast. Well, we're glad you're listening today to Straight Out of Context. You're not so weekly hermeneutical podcast. Yes, as I began this podcast preparation several months ago, I thought, oh, this will be good for something to do every Wednesday, and it will be informative, it will be educational, it will be good, but I did not realize I would be doing three or four other productions. So what I'm considering doing right now is every other week, and prayerfully that will grow as the audience grows. So if you enjoy these podcasts, please let me know. I'll do more. If I don't hear from you, I'll just continue on the path I'm doing about every other week. But today actually starts the very first full podcast on how to read and interpret the Bible. And of course, if you haven't listened to the other five or so preview podcasts, there's sort of primers. They get you in the state of mind to understand hermeneutics and you know, gives you a couple of ideas that we'll talk about and expand upon as this podcast continues um, in the future. So that will do for now as far as an introduction. As you get started today, I want you to understand two things. This podcast can be listened to driving down the road, on your bicycle, laying in your bed, or whatever. The way I'm going to be teaching through this, being it's completely audio, I have to continue to have my voice moving forward, sort of like on radio, so they don't have a lot of gaps. And sometimes that can be a little unnerving for people, but you can listen to what I'm saying and glean some things from it. Second, I'm going to keep the format in such a way that it won't be too deep or too involved so that you can build upon this. So let's just say you want to listen to it and then later you can go back and make some notes. That's fine as well. Or you could actually sit down and listen to this podcast with a notebook and to begin developing a hermeneutical processes for yourself uh, or strategies or applications or whatever word you want to use there. There are some words that we will use that you may not understand what they are, and for the most part, if I think they're convoluted, I will define them, but if I say things that don't make sense to you, please just ask. I'll be glad to clarify. Hermeneutics, as we already know, is the science of interpretation, and specifically speaking for this podcast, it's only dealing with the interpretation of Scripture. You might think, what does it mean to interpret Scripture? Well, interpretation of Scripture is finding out what it actually means. I mean, people would say, oh yeah, but you know, the Bible says what it means and means what it says. I know what the Bible says. Well, that's true in some sense because People do know language, and common English syntax, especially for English-speaking people, does make sense. However, we've not learned as a culture to get progressively more intellectual in our understanding of language. As a matter of fact, we're digressing progressively in our understanding of language to the point where it's very difficult to have a long two- to three-hour conversation with a group of people or even a person on an intellectual level. 
it's very difficult to have philosophical discussions. It's hard to talk about uh, things that are abstract. It's hard to talk about things that are scientific. It's very difficult to find an audience where we can actually collaborate on any particular topic without becoming uh, jokey or uh, foolish or coy or whatever and pop culture invading or emoticons coming out or some slapstick coming the way of intervening into the conversation. So anyway, I'll digress on that. It's sort of like having the Three Stooges playing 24 hours a day all the time in every conversation you have. That's what I feel like the world is today in its ability to understand and communicate linguistically. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have opportunity to understand some culture, etc., but when it comes to interpreting the Scripture, the better thing for us to do is just to forget about the culture that we live in when it comes to interpretation. Now, we'll talk about that in the sense of application later, but today, think about that for a moment. Put yourself, if you were going to read something, let's just say, that was set in the 17th century, you would not think of someone sitting in their living room with their feet propped up with their iPad, but rather the creative aspect of that writing, if the story was being told, uh, you would see the person sitting there and their feet may be propped up and they may have a book. Uh, They may be using candlelight to see it if it was in the evening, and they would surely not have all the niceties and the things that we have today, and they would not be thinking the way we think today, in part because they live in a different time. And that's something that I want you to understand from the onset when it comes to reading and interpreting Scripture. Now, yes, we can grasp the the language of Scripture, but we cannot divorce ourselves from the original hearers. As a matter of fact, one of the main principles of interpreting any language, any written text, is to know the original audience. Now, it doesn't have to be anything huge. We we have enough common sense to know a little bit about what first century Palestine was was like. We have a little common sense to know that, you know, I don't have, a matter of fact, I do have a friend who's a shepherd. He does have a sheep farm, but he doesn't shepherd the flock the way they used to do. So when I see those things, I'm not thinking about him working with his large machinery and having this really expensive dog that helps keep his sheep in line, etc., There's a whole different reality to the original hearers of Scripture. The same thing is true with um, with with the original intention of the author. We we read we really need to focus on this reality so that we don't lose sight of the meaning. Because if we aren't sure who the audience is, then we will very much lose the intended meaning of the text. I have a letter that I keep in my wallet, and I have had it there for over 20 years. And it was the week that um, I traveled away for the first time when my wife and I first got married. And she wrote a small little letter that told me how much she loved me and how much she was going to miss me. And in that letter, it says, I am looking forward to spending the rest of my life with you. Love, Robin. That's her name. And I keep that letter in my wallet, and it has been there since that flight. When I got out of that airport and got to my hotel room, opened up my bag, there it was, my little wife, and that little sweet note that she sent me. Now, if I were to drop that, no one would know who I was. No one would be able to even know who my wife was. No one would be able to surmise exactly what she meant with some other things that she wrote in there because they do not know the context in which it was written. But they can know the simplicity of it, that whoever wrote this was very much in love with the person who received it, and it was a very endearing letter 
wow, that's great. But what if there was an application needed and necessary? What if that letter had some type of eternal focus? What if there was something inside that letter as well that says, if they don't heed what I've said here, that they would die? Well, then we'd pay a little more attention to what the meaning of the letter was. Well, Friends, that's what Scripture is. Scripture is a combination of letters and poems and and narratives and histories and all sorts of things that have been compiled over, you know, over a thousand years by hundreds of different people, by the Lord God Himself. And the Scripture is necessary for salvation. The Scripture is necessary for the revelation of God. is the only way through which we can know God fully. And so because that is true, we need to pay careful attention to the Scriptures. So the people who would say to you, well, there's hermeneutics, it doesn't matter. Well, you may not need all the scientific applications of hermeneutics. You really just need to learn the Bible and read the Bible. But that's what I want to try to teach you to do. And first and foremost, I want you to understand the necessity of good interpretation. There are many people who say, well, that's the way I see the Bible, or that's your interpretation, or that's your point of view. There's so many, quote, opinions about the Bible. I hear that constantly, and I've heard that for the last two decades plus in the pastoral ministry, where people always have a disagreement, and they just say, well, that's my thoughts, that's my opinion, that's my interpretation. Friends, a letter cannot have more than one meaning. Now, for the simple things, we don't really argue over those things. But for the more complex things or the more convoluted things or worse, the more twisted and out-of-context things are so often the birthplace of heresy and error and false teaching and false doctrine and false gospels and unregenerate so-called Christians all over the world. I mean, every cult in some sense starts, especially there are many cults that use the Bible as their text, but they start from a out-of-context presupposition or an out-of-context inference or an out-of-context twisting of a particular passage of Scripture. Or worse, they use a myopic, very, that means a very one-focused, you know, looking in one direction without thinking and having a larger view or a larger field of view, a very myopic focus on a particular word or a particular passage or a particular theology, and they just ignore the reality of what the Bible has said in the context there. In doing so, they create an entire heresy and an entire cult, and they they entice other people who follow these things to the end of life into an, an eternal judgment. And so it's important to know how to understand the Bible. You want to know else why it's important to understand the Bible and to interpret it rightly? is because as a Christian, you are commanded to learn the Scripture. You are commanded to understand the Scripture, and you are commanded to grow in the Scripture. You need to understand that that God has called us to learn it and then also to teach others. The pastor is not the only person who is called by God to teach the Scripture. As a matter of fact, the pastors oversee through the teaching of the Scripture to the assembly, to the church, and we, we oversee in that regard. So that is our role and that is our job, and it is only for the elders to have the obligatory oversight of teaching the church. But every father and every mother are commanded to teach their children. Every husband is commanded to, to lead and to teach his wife. Every, every Christian is commanded to teach each other and admonish each other and encourage each other and to instruct each other. We see the illustration of the Bereans in the book of Acts where Paul went and taught them, and he taught them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in hearing 
they searched the Old Testament. They searched the Scriptures in order to validate what Paul was teaching. Now, I find that incredibly important because we you've probably heard the phrase, be a Berean. That means you need to have the wherewithal to realize that just because my big mouth flabs all over the Internet, this podcast, that you just take my word for it especially when we start talking about specific contexts and specific issues or doctrines or passages of Scripture where they're, can, they've been twisted or taken out of context. But when I teach something, don't just say, oh, yeah, Pastor James, he's correct, and just move on. Go to your Bible, open it up, and test it for yourself. Don't go to the Google Bible. Don't go to the YouTube Bible. Go to the written Word of God. Put down your digital device and pick up a paper Bible and thumb through it. Have your hands in your Scripture. Have you ever had so much going on in your study of Scripture that you've had five or six fingers in there flipping back in two and maybe going, man, I wish I had another copy. Go buy us some cheap copies of the Bible. I guarantee you there's more than one copy of the Scripture near you if you have a home. Go and take advantage of it. Read the Word of God and interpret it. The reason it's important that you interpret it for yourself is that you may be in agreement with what is taught to you by your pastor and by those who are in positions of authority who teach the Word of God. Do not be what is known as, in some circles, a, quote, ditto head. There's irony in that. Um, by just saying, oh, this is true, and I repeat it, because we cannot make it our belief on these matters if we have not searched the Scriptures and understand what the Scriptures are actually teaching on these matters. So we must interpret Scripture for ourselves. We must validate what is taught to us about Scripture. We must encourage one another that we, uh, in, in the understanding and the teaching and the learning of Scripture, we must have the Word of God in us. And that brings me to another point. I know I'm sort of rambling, but this will give you some meat and potatoes as we get started. You need to have the Word of God in you because so many times people come to the idea that they're, they're going to learn the Bible and they're going to memorize the Bible. I really encourage you to do that. But memorize passages of Scripture, whole, whole chapters of Scripture, not just a verse here or there. Memorize it in context, the whole passage, and, and do so because it is good to hide the Word of God in your heart. But more than just having it there for your own well-being, it is through the memorization and the reading of Scripture that the Holy Spirit comes and draws it back to memory. And so when we put the discipline in to remember and to study and to read the Word of God, it is there, whether we know it or not. Even if we feel like we're not even memorizing the Scripture, God will bring it back to our memory. We have something in us that we now can use for our own fears for our own temptation, for our own lack of joy, the Lord will bring to remembrance the Word of God. And so in doing that, it is beneficial for us, but it is also beneficial for those around us. Because how many times do you get in conversations throughout every single day, either with professing believers or people who have not professed any type of belief in Christ, and there's always nothing to say but God is good. Now, you know, I'm not picking on people who say that because it is true. God is good. But, friends, that can't be the, 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 that can't be the height of our testimony. Friends, if we want to see the power of God at work in our lives and the lives of others, 
The word of God alone is the means through which God will work. God does not work through osmosis. He does not work through pretty paintings. He does not work through the scenery of this creation. He does not work through that way to give us the grace that we need in order to endure, like Paul would tell Timothy, the suffering that he's going to hold, that he's going to have to hold under because of his faith in Christ, as Paul suffered also for the gospel because he proclaimed and stood on the truth of the gospel. So we also will have suffering in this life. We also will deal with things that are just normal, like cancer and death and sickness and 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 disease and, and relational strife and financial issues and jobs ups and downs and emotional issues. We will have suffering in this life because we live in a fallen world. Our hope, according to the word of God in First Peter chapter one, is that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, is that God and his divine power keeps us for heaven because we are in Christ. So we have a joy that sometimes, as Peter would say, that is inexpressible. How do I know that? Because I memorized that text. I memorized the totality of the first chapter of First Peter, and it took me a year to get it down. But that word is in me, and no one can take it away. And when you and I meet on the street, or you talk to me online, or, or we meet in the local assembly, on the Lord's Day or midweek or whatever it may be that we've, however we've come together. Friends, if you are lacking joy, I have the arsenal of 1 Peter chapter 1 to give you joy, to give you the grace of God in and through the Word so that you can see that there is more to life than this temporal joy that wanes and fades in every breath. Friends, we do not look to the things that are unseen. I mean, to the things that are seen, we look to the things that are unseen, which are eternal. For the things that are seen are passing away, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. So we don't look to those. How do we do that? We study and interpret and apply the Scripture. Friends, the most important thing you can do every single day is to study the Word of God. So let's think about these things as we continue in our podcast together, as we continue in this teaching time together. And I may encourage you all to go on specific things, and I'll put in the show notes, which is the text below these, I'll put in the show notes resources that are free online or, or very inexpensive, may find may find things on eBay or what have you. For, for, for some of you who want to go deeper, who want to get some resources in your hand or want to download some PDFs or, or something of that sort, and we can go through those things. And if you have questions, please go to the blog and ask the question. There is, uh, there is no such thing as a dumb question except the one that is not asked. And I'm not saying that to sound you know, cool and, and relevant. I'm telling you that because it's really the heart that I have. For those of you who are in our church and our assembly, gracetruth.org, I pray that this would be part of the teaching that you receive every single week, that it would encourage you in the faith, that you would grow deeper in your understanding. By all means, you hear me talk every day five seconds about staying in the Word of God and reading the Scripture and studying the Scripture. This is another tool for you, beloved. And for those of you who are not in our assembly, but you are part of the body of Christ at large, I pray that this would be a blessing to you. And if you have specific resources that you need, let us know. If, you have, if you're in a church that would like to get something like this started, a class, we have resources for that as well. So we would be glad to come and set things up for you and teach you and teach your leaders how to get a good a learning environment in your local assembly. And you don't have to have a seminary degree to learn how to interpret the scripture. So we'll 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 go with that. We don't we aren't going to though I may talk about some Greek, though I may talk about some grammar, though I may deal with even some of the English grammar and some of the syntax of how we put together sentences. These things aren't necessary for you to understand scripture. 
but they are important and they can help you in some aspects. And because I know them and have learned them through the years, I now can teach them to you. So why not learn some things that aren't absolute but are beneficial? on a small way of helping you understand little tricks of how to determine genre. What is this a, is this poetry? Is this a narrative? Is this an allegory? Is this a metaphor? Is this a simile? Uh, and, and other, and other things that those aren't, those aren't genres, but you see what I'm saying. There are other aspects of literature that are important to understand and be able to identify in the context of scripture in itself. So we may have uh, a, a letter, but inside that letter, there may be a hymn. There may be some poetry. There may be some teaching. There may be some history or whatever. So I'll help you understand how to identify those things. And it's important because of all the reasons we've stated and all of the things that we learn here and all of the good tools that we may be able to put in your hands are nothing. And this is the last thing I'll say on this particular thing uh, today, on this particular podcast today. None of these are worth anything if the Holy Spirit does not illuminate the Word of God to us. So we can have all of the Greek tools. We can have a perfect understanding of syntax. We can have the most perfect grammar that the world has ever seen. We can have an IQ of 160 plus, and we can understand all the deep mysteries of the cosmos. But if God, the Holy Spirit, does not illuminate our mind, does not regenerate our mind first, we must be born again. But if, as a believer, if God the Holy Spirit does not illuminate our mind to the Scriptures, there is not going to be comprehension thereof. But, beloved, the Bible promises that as a believer, God will teach you His Word. God will teach you His Word. The only caution I give you is to ask yourself why you care about learning Scripture. Is it because of some of the things that I've talked about, or is it an issue of pride? And this might seem odd for me to do in a podcast about learning how to interpret Scripture, but friends, there are a lot of people who are very knowledgeable, but they do not have a spirit to be taught. And no matter how much expertise you have in the understanding or the apprehension or the comprehension and the application of Scripture, if you do not have a spirit of humility— if you do not have a spirit of teaching, in other words, you, your, your desire isn't to help other people understand with great patience and kindness and gentleness, we are not on the same page. I am not giving my time to teach people how to be bullies on the internet. I'm not giving my time to teach people how to be spiritual elitists. I'm not giving my time, and not that it matters anyway. I'm not saying that from a from an egotistical point of view. I just, I don't want to invest in anyone who has such an arrogance about them that they want more tools so that they can feel, wow, look at me, I'm Mr. Theology Ninja, <laughs> which, which by the way, I'll be talking about the Theology Ninja in the, in the months to come. We must have a humility, knowing that if it were not for the grace of God, we would not, first of all, we would not be born again. Secondly, we would not understand the things of God. And thirdly, we would not have a mind to comprehend things that are of God, no matter how smart we are. But now here is something else to remember. Even if you feel dumb, God can teach you his word. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that it was the people were amazed at the level of wisdom that the apostles had because they were so such unlearned men. You ever thought about that? They were unlearned men, but yet they had wisdom. They had an understanding of rich and deep theological truths. They could teach people the gospel. In my lifetime, I have been to more seminars and been 
taught more training on how to evangelize and how to understand Scripture and how to do this and how to do that. And in those trainings, hardly any of it was being taught through Scripture or from Scripture. None of it was being taught to go to Scripture. What's most important is that we go to Scripture, that we start and that we end with Scripture. Not only will you learn during this series of podcasts how to interpret Scripture, but you will also learn how to continue in the faith in the sense of giving a defense for what you learn. That we call that apologetics, and we'll talk more about that. As a matter of fact, Brother Edward Dalcor and I have done a uh, podcast called Theology Answers. You can go to theologyanswers.com, and you can see the podcast we just produced last week called Why Apologetics. I encourage you to read that. I mean, not read that. I encourage you to listen to that, and I encourage you to read the Word of God. As a matter of fact, I want you all to start reading John's Gospel this very week. Read John's Gospel, chapter 1, every day until next time we have a podcast. And then when we start, I'm going to teach a little bit of hermeneutics, and then we're going to do some application, and we'll start there in the Gospel of John. And by the Lord's grace, as the months continue and as the weeks continue, we'll have a good series, and we can start taking some interaction and start dealing with some of the texts of Scripture that are most often abused and most often twisted, from which so many wrong teachings come. But until that time, beloved, I'm glad that you've stuck out this last 25 minutes with me. I'm glad that you have you have held on to my voice, no matter how annoying it may be, or no matter how fast I may have spoken, or how frustrated it may be that you want a little bit more, or that I'm not even making sense. If I'm not making sense, let's just walk through this together that God would make sense of it. I am encouraged by the number of people who desire to know the truth. And I'm praying above all things. This is a ministry of prayer above all things that God would use the teaching of learning how to apply and interpret Scripture for the sake of the joy of His sheep and for the sake of the unity of the faith that's been given to us by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for your time today. I love you all, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all very soon. Lord bless. Well, that's our podcast for today. We hope you've enjoyed it, and most of all, we hope you've learned something. Join us next week as we continue in the journey to rightly understand and divide the word of truth. Straight Out of Context is a ministry of Grace Truth Church. We are found online at gracetruth.org. You can partner with us over at anchoringfaith.org. Keep in mind that when we don't understand the word of God, we may be taking it straight out of context. My name is James, and I'm your host.